when can you break $150,000 a month in revenue? Will that be next year? No, oh, it's going to be very soon. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey folks, my guest today is Jonathan Grunpion. He's the co-founder and CEO at Mindy, an entrepreneur with a keen eye for technology disruption and addressing real-world enterprise challenges. He has a decade of tech experience on his shoulders, having held the CTO title for Thank You and Ector prior to joining Mindy. Jonathan, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So just to be clear, you said joining Mindy. Are you a co-founder or you came in later? Co-founder. Co-founder. Okay. And what year was that? When did you guys get going? Sorry? When, what year was that? When did you guys get going? Oh, we started working on Mindy like in, uh, early in 2018 with uh, two of my co-founders and, um, and everything really started in 2019. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean by restarted? Um, actually, at the beginning, for the first year, we have been kind of trying to discover how the market works and uh, what were the needs in terms of document processing in companies. And uh, when we figured out there was a specific need on this area, we started working on the product in 2019. I see. Okay. So tell us, yeah, tell us what the product does and, and who you're selling to. Who are the customers? Yeah. Um, so basically, we help software companies uh, build document processing automation features in their software. So our users are mainly software developers in general, and also product people like product managers or CPO, VP products. And, um, and we give them the technological layer so that they can build very easily document processing features for their users. Got it. And what are they paying on average per month to use your technology? Oh, that's very depending because we have large enterprise as well as very young companies, but it's between a few hundred euros to, to 10, 12K monthly. Okay. But what, that's a huge range. What would you say sort of your sweet spot is? Like 500 bucks a month or more like 5,000 a month? Well, between one, two, three. Uh, I don't have uh, the exact figure. Okay. Because, yeah. <laughs> so the reason I'm asking that, now I can be specific. If someone's paying you 3,000 uh, know, US dollars per month, what are they getting for that? Is it based off number of API calls or something else? Yeah, based on the API calls, as uh, almost all the API uh, companies. But uh, yeah, one page is ten cents on the first uh, pricing grid, and then the more you consume, the more you use the API, the less the marginal price will get. Um, so, at- what do you mean by one page is ten cents? Is that if I upload a document that's ten pages long and I need that signed? Yeah, one page of a document, like if you have a PDF of ten pages, is going to be ten pages price. So ten times ten cents, one dollar. I see. I see. But you obviously care more about moving everyone to the API model. That probably is more effective. Yeah, but um, the, the value, the, the unit of value in our uh, product is the page, actually. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. but it's kind of really related to the number of API calls in the end, because on average, a document is like one to two pages more maximum. So I just think about driving usage. It's, it's, it's a tricky thing to tie your upsell metric based off the thing you need found, like people to do to get value, which is the page. Because for example, if DocuSign charged per page, every time I did it, I'd feel a little bit negative because I'm going, do I really need to spend 10 cents to get this signed right now? And slowly, I'd look for alternatives. And eventually, I would probably churn. How do you guys balance that? Uh, for now, we, we, we are not churn at all. So I don't think this is a problem for us today. Um, in general, like 
Well, what do you mean no churn at all? How do you ma- how do you measure that? No, we have no, we have no logo churn and a uh, very strong native launch rate. So people are more uh, using more and more the API over time than uh, just dropping because of that. I don't think the pricing is a uh, is a problem for us in the adoption actually. Uh, just because of this degressive pricing grid, you know, if you uh, if you make 10k calls monthly, it's going to cost you high eight hundred dollars. If you have a volume of 25k, it's going to be less than that, like six cents per uh, document. So we want to help our client grow and uh, build the best ex- user experience. Yeah, so I mean, you're talking can, about you're yeah. talking about retention, right? I mean, you have churn, and then there's expansion, and then there's net dollar retention. And usually, API businesses like this, you look at Snowflake, you look at Twilio, they look at SendGrid, they have really high net dollar retention, of way above 100. Yeah. percent Where are you guys at? Uh, it's between 200 and 250 uh, percent after yeah. one year, so it's uh, that's great. That's uh, the yeah, something very good for our business. So yeah, so the average a year a year one customer doubles their what they pay you in year two. Uh, but but doubles, when you look at yeah. okay, but when you look at your full base, so you look at the last 12 months across your whole base, gross churn plus expansion, net dollar retention is what. Yeah, uh, we don't have churn at all in terms of usage, so. This so, the, Jonathan, just the, to be clear, when you say you have no, the reason I push you on this, I find yeah. it very, unless you only have like one customer, but I find it very hard to believe that there are zero customers that use you who last month signed 10 pages and this month, no one went down lower than 10 pages. In other words, your churn will be measured by a little downgrade in usage month to month. You're saying no one ever uses less this month than the last month. Okay. Um it happens, of course. Uh, like during the summer, for example, we have obviously a lower uh, usage, but people are, how to say that? The, the extension is so much higher than the, uh, the, the slow of their usage. The contraction, contraction and expansion. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's the what I'm comp- trying to measure, right? So contra- like you, you might have 10% contraction, but expansion is so big. Expansion could be 90%. So your net dollar retention is still 180%. That's what I'm trying to understand. Yeah. The net retention rate of 250% I was talking about is including the contraction also of the, the usage. Do I, maybe I don't understand your question well. Yeah, because you're giving me that net dollar retention of 250 based off first year contracts, yeah. which is easy. Someone could go from a dollar to $4 and that's 400% expansion. The better way and how publicly traded companies track net dollar retention is you look at your full base, your full installed revenue base a year ago compared to today. That's what I'm trying to get to, not just your first year customers. Uh I think it's the same. Like we compute our costs monthly, so quarterly, sorry. So all the customers we had like one year ago and we signed during the, the last year quarter. Yeah, it's okay. We can skip over. It's not important. But okay. I think the, I think you give us a good lesson, which is you're pricing off number of API calls. Usage is going up. Some people use it a little less, but the expansion is so big it doesn't matter. So you have really healthy unit economics. That's the key point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's get let's move on from that. Let's get more of your backstory here. So you guys started writing the code in 2018. Um, how many co-founders are there? Uh, three co-founders and one late founder. Three co-founders and one what? Late co-founder as well. Like he joined us in uh, early in 2019. I see. Did you guys just split 25% each? No. How did you have that conversation? Every founder has to go through that. It's a tricky situation. Yeah, uh, it, it was actually very natural because uh, I don't know. I don't even remember when we had this uh, this conversation. 
it was kind of natural to 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 make the split. Like we came with a plan very easily, and uh, there was no discussion at all on this. So I'm not going to give you the the, the figures and how this is distributed in terms of capital between the the funders. But uh, um, at the very very beginning, we started with Mohamed, my uh, chief of science, and uh, the split was done between the two of us. And then Olivier joined us the first months. And he's the co-founder as well, of course. And uh, yeah, everything was super natural yeah, between us. Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to dig at here is every co-founder team has to have this conversation, right? So somebody owns more. Is it because they brought more capital, more experience, more? Take me into that conversation a little bit. Okay. Uh, no, I think we... Just focus on you and Mohammed. Just the two of you at the start. Thinking differently, like it was not my first uh, experience as a co-founder of a startup, so maybe it was important in the discussion at this moment, at this point in time, and uh, just because of the role as well, maybe it's important as well. Like the the, the CEO owns a bit more than the the other co-founders, for example. I see. Got it. Okay, so you know maybe a little bit more than everyone else because of these things. Yeah. One of the most common things I hear from SaaS founders as they're getting your MVP launched is you rely on your customers to send you a CSV or Excel file, and you don't want to spend your engineering time building a big bulky CSV importer. That's why this company Flopfile is growing so fast. They make it really easy for startups to quickly embed and ingrain their customers' data into the web application without you having to spend engineering hours, your precious early engineering hours on building a clunky CSV import. You simply use Flatfile to import your customer's messy Excel file. Flatfile will clean it up and make it perfect for use in your new web application. Now, the beautiful thing about Flatfile is it's free to any startup with less than a million in funding or less than five employees. Again, totally free. You can check it out at nathanmaka.com forward slash Flatfile Startups. That's nathanmaka.com forward slash flat file startups. So you guys get gone in 2018. Tell me about your first customer. Do you remember who it was and how you found them? Oh, sure. Uh, an HRIS company, HRIS, sorry, uh, in France, uh, one of the leaders. They have uh, approximately 1 million users, I think, or maybe more. They're called Luca, L-U-C-C-A. And uh, they had an expense management solution, an expense management mobile application, and they wanted to 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 improve the user experience when passing receipts. And we're um, using a company called Abby, ABI, I don't know the, the English pronunciation for that, uh, A-B-B-Y-Y. And, um, and they were not okay with the performances in terms of response time and accuracy as well. So we built our first prototype with this client and the benchmark, the solution we were pro- proposing to them against the AB solution. And uh, it was our first client, like deployed in beta version, maybe in uh, March or May 2019. We have been, yeah, they are great. And uh, they are still customers and happy customers, I think. Mm-hmm. So zero revenue your first year in 2018. The first year revenue was 2019. No, we have been doing revenue because we, we were selling um, like algorithm conception missions to make revenue. I wanted to bootstrap the company and not to raise too early. And uh, that's what- So you're doing consulting that, basically so. to, get, to get cash early. Yeah. And we decided to stop completely the consulting in Q4 2018. How much consulting revenue were you able to do to help bootstrap uh, the business? I, I don't remember, like a few hundred K maybe. Uh, okay. That's K. impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. Okay. So are you? tell me more about funding now today. Are you bootstrapped from that or have you raised? 
Now we raised the 14 million Series A in, uh, in, uh, in Q2, Q3 this year. And we raised also a seed round in May 28, 2019, sorry, of about $3 million. Mm -hmm. And talk, take me back to that $3 million raise. Why did you need to raise that capital? The seed round, you mean? The seed, yeah. Uh, to build a product, like we have a very strong expectation in terms of product and building an API that can scale like everywhere in, the, in terms of R&D as well. So we raised to hire people and, uh, and start selling and start, start figuring out, trying to figure out how to, how to sell this to the rest of the world and uh, to reach the product market fit. Okay. So your first customer, obviously, you get consulting revenue, 400000 500000 bucks in 2018 to fund the business. 2019, you land your first customer, this expanse management tool that you won in the sort of the bake-off. Uh, how yeah. many customers are you now serving today? Uh, today, I don't have the exact number, but it's about 70, uh, I think. Seven zero. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you told us earlier, sort of the average ARPU might be like two, $3,000 per month. So that would put you right now, MRR-wise, about 150000 a month. Is that about right? Um, no, I think it. Uh, no, <laughs> we don't. Uh, we don't talk about the, the the actual revenue. So, depending on the phase of the clients, we are, we are in the kind of the standards of a post-series A company in terms of revenue, and um, it's less than that. I think mm -hmm. I don't know exactly. When can you break one hundred fifty thousand dollars a month in revenue? Will that be next year? No, oh, it's going to be very soon. That's, you uh, think? There's sixty. Yeah. There's forty-five days left in this, year, or there's fifty days left in this year. Do you think you can break it by the end? Yeah, of yeah, we have a nice growth, man. Like, yeah, we we are growing fifteen percent monthly, um, only with organic growth. So, yeah, that's not uh, that's not probably very very strong fundamental in general, and uh, yeah. It's, well, so if, so if you're on track to maybe think you know break 150k a month, you know pretty soon, and you're growing, you said 15% month over month. That means about a year ago. Like, how much MR were you doing about a year ago? Uh, I don't remember. And I, no, I'm not willing to, to to communicate about the the revenue like part. Uh, we decided not to talk about this. So, well, John, yeah, just, just, just to be clear, I'm multiplying numbers yeah. you already gave me. So you said earlier, two thousand to three thousand per month was an average customer, and that you have seventy customers. We can just multiply numbers you've already given us to get revenue. So that's that's why I'm pushing here. Yes, but you you don't have the growth of the customer, and uh, most of our customers start with a very low uh, revenue because they they just don't want to try to. To try to go the, the solution and uh, they are integrating it and then they expand over time like it's land and expand strategy we have in, like overall no, i understand so. i completely understand that but my question to you earlier was what's the average customer paying per month today and you said two to three thousand dollars that's why i multiplied yeah. small two yeah okay that's uh yeah. so what you're that's saying it. is the average is under that because the first year customers are paying much less before they expand yeah Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Um, so you you do the three million seed back in 2019. Um, why? I mean, every time you do this raise, you're diluting the company, right? So why go take 14 million Series A? Why do you need that capital? Um, the the main reason is expanding in uh, in the US. Uh, we have flipped the company to a US company uh, in uh, May. We were in the white combinator batch of winter 2021. And uh, we are going to we are growing the sales team and the operation the operating team in general. So yeah, it's it's time for us to to expand and to to go faster. And we are also specific needs in terms of R and D and technical teams as well. So just hiring more people and expanding the teams. And uh, it's it's a huge market in the end. So we need people to staff on any type of like uh, part of the company, finance, 
sales, etc. How, how many people are on the team today? 27. 27. How many engineers? Uh, 20. Yeah. Oh, wow. So very heavy engineering. Yeah. Uh, we are developer too. Like it's in our DNA. Everyone is uh, kind of very passionate about developer and software yep. development and data science. Yep. That makes a lot of sense to me. And then how are you at, so these 70 customers, um, how many of them, you know, a lot of people say they go through YC. It's great because a lot of YC customers will sign up as your first customer. So of these 70, how many are YC companies? Zero. Why aren't any YC companies <laughs> using you if you went through a batch together with them? Uh, yeah, because I, I don't know. We were not really prospecting in this uh, in this batch. Uh, I, that's a good question. Like we we haven't been prospecting in the in the YC batch. We have more. Um, yeah, I don't know what to, to tell you. It's uh, maybe there were not that many companies doing what we are the best in, like fintechs and uh, neobanks and HRIS. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Got it. Makes sense. So seventy. Now, do you have any concentration in the of those seventy? Is it you know government, tech, or so, anyone else, or is it all over the place? Financial services in general. Like uh, I see. Yeah, I see. Interesting. Okay. Very cool. Talk to me more about your organic growth. How are you getting the organic growth? Uh, mostly inbound today um, with uh, many different channels, but we. How to say that? Referral works well. We have built some kind of local presence in the in Europe and mainly in France as well. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly. It's not. We have many different channels like paid, outbound, and inbound referral. Word of mouth in general works well as well, and we are building a content also to, to, to get more visibility into the internet. And uh, we want to be there when people, when developers are looking for the solution. So it's something that we have uh, created very recently. We hired the director of developer relations, for example, which is responsible for building this content and uh, spreading the word out for about 90 in general. Mm -hmm. But yeah, today it's inbound and word of mouth is the, the best. Uh, the, yeah. Are you, able to are you able to quantify those costs so you know how to invest this 14 million? Do you know what like fully weighted CAC is to get a $2,000 a month customer? Not yet. We're too early for that, I guess. Mm -hmm. How do you start experimenting around that to try and get visibility there? Um, can you rephrase? How do you, how do you try and sort of mature there and try and figure out what that CAC is? Um, we have tried paid search and, uh, as we, we have kind of very long say cycle, not long say cycle because it's kind of low touch, but, uh, the, between the moment people are testing out the product and the moment they deploy for production, it can be like three, six months. And, uh, we need at least one year of visibility to, to try to compute those, uh, cost of acquisition, for example. And, uh, we tried something on the paid paid search acquisition channel that we started in Q2, uh, Q3, sorry, this year. So we don't have enough data to, to be able to measure that. I'm not able to tell you any uh, cost of acquisition today. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I would argue that a lot of your cost of acquisition is tied up in the development team building things like this live test feature you guys have built. It's a great tool, high utility value. You send traffic here, people convert, right? Yeah. Do you have any other tools like this you're looking at building right now just to attract in more users? No, I think it's uh, it's really about contents. Like um, we have 
you know, when the platform, you have, we have very strong capabilities and we can work on any type of document related use case. So I think it's about content and showing people that they can uh, pass birth certificates, certificate of incorporation, bank checks, bank details account, like a lot, tons of different documents. And uh, yeah, building those contents to have a visibility, more visibility when someone is looking for uh, this type of solution is the, is the key for us. And that's what we are working on. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, hey, I want to congratulate you. It sounds like this year was the year you guys broke that million-dollar run rate as you look to keep scaling. And on that yeah. note, uh, I hope you guys grow a ton next year as well. But let's wrap up, Jonathan, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, art things about art things, I guess. Yeah. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, Jeff Lawson. Yep. <laughs> you're not in any acquisition talks with those guys, are you? No. <laughs> All right. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Mindy? Uh, I don't have the answer for that. I think Salesforce has been something really important for us. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, between yeah, seven to eight. Seven. And what's your situation, Jonathan? Married, single, kids? Married, no kids. Uh, beautiful no. cats. That's important. <laughs> cats. And how old are you? 32. 32. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Well, um, no, I've never asked this question. I don't know. Uh, that I was going to build a great company and I should be more self-confident at this moment in time, maybe. Guys, there you have it. Mindy.com called an API for understanding receipt data, other forms of data, uh, document signing, charge 10 cents per page signed, uh, or you move up and start paying per API calls. You start to scale. They've had over 70 customers on the platform. Uh, they've scaled past a million dollar run rate, growing 15% month over month, just close to 14 million Series A this year as they look to scale with their team of 27. Heavy engineering, 20 engineers. Jonathan, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you.